Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome back. So for those of you who listened a few weeks ago, we have one of my besties, Jen Colley, in my kitchen talking about her trip to Ireland. (laughs) We are back with more wine in my kitchen to talk about a different trip. Yes. So um, I go to Dublin and for some reason, I feel like maybe you couldn't handle it around here without me. Possibly. So you decided to leave the country as well. Yeah. So where did you go again? I went on an African safari in Kenya to celebrate my 40th birthday by myself. <gasps> uh, what? Um, so, wow, that just explodes with lots of questions. Um, <laughs> First of all, uh, I look great for 40. Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that is, that's a given. Of course. That's a given. You are, you know, 25 tops. Perfect. Yeah. So you're killing life. We already know this. (laughs) Okay. So why Kenya? It was on my bucket list. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Actually, one of my ex-husband's best friends, Matt, and Matt, if you're listening, you'll obviously realize this is you, but him and his family went on an African safari years ago. Um, and when they were talking about it, I was like, that sounds awesome. Right? Like, I would love to do that. And I added it to my bucket list. And I'm one of those geeks that actually has like a note in her phone that's called bucket list. And I added it. And when I decided I didn't want to have a 40th birthday party and I wanted to take a trip, I opened up my bucket list and it was either African safari or go back to Italy. And I've been there twice. Not that I wouldn't go back, but my fear is if I go to Italy, I might not come back. (laughs) So I went for something new and decided on the African safari against my parents' better judgment. We did that. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I... I did not note this um, a couple weeks ago, but uh, Dublin was on my bucket list. It was actually oh, number one. I didn't know that. Yes. I don't know. What, I don't think my bucket list is in an order. Yeah. So you prioritize your bucket well, list? Well, only that one because uh, my family's from, my dad's side of the family originates in Ireland. I have a whole family tree that goes back and a lot of my family had been. So it was like, and I have a piece of paper. I don't have it in my phone. But anyways, enough about me. We talked about me two weeks ago. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about Kenya because there has got to be so much going on there. Um, first of all, amazing. Thanks. I, I mean, to go by yourself on an African safari adventure, I mean, were you scared? Were you 
I mean, what were the feelings going through? (laughs) I think I was blissfully unaware going into it. Like I'm bullheaded Mm -hmm. and it was on my list and I've started a business. I've, I tend to operate really well independently. So I wasn't afraid of flying. I wasn't afraid. I've traveled before. I travel for a lot of work trips across the country. So I don't, I wasn't nervous about the travel itself. I wasn't nervous about honestly being away from my kids for that long because I had a great support system. Um, I really wasn't even nervous about the safari company I was with because I got referred to them by one of my clients because she and I were talking and I was like, oh, she's like, well, I just got back from a safari. I was like, oh my God, that's on my bucket list. I might do it for my 40th. She goes, holy crap. I just did it for my 40th. And I go, what? (laughs) Like serendipitous. And I was like, who did you use? And she gave me a referral and she raved about them. And it was just that simple. Like I didn't spend months and months researching different safari companies. Like Ah. I'm the type of person where I trust people until you screw it up. And then I probably don't trust you for really ever, ever again, (laughs) kind of. So she said it and I trusted her and I was like, I'm going with it. And my experience with the travel company was great. Um, so I wasn't nervous about that either. I was just more excited going into it. Yeah. As it transpired, <laughs> I got a little bit more nervous because <laughs> I wasn't even out of Rochester and my plane had two mechanical delays, one where they had to turn off the airplane. I've never been on an airplane before where the pilot comes on and he's like, we need to reboot the plane. <gasps> my flight left at 5.30 in Rochester AM in the morning. So it was already dark. I was on the plane by like 4.40. Right. And at like 4.50, he's shutting this bitch down. Literally legit. Plane was like, and I was like, silence. (laughs) You're literally in black. Like I took a picture and you see nothing. Not even the little stupid lights illuminated down the center. Like they literally like hard rebooted the plane twice. So I was two and a half hours delayed and it took me forever to get there. I think it was like 13 hours to get there. Oh my God. Three different airports. Right. And when I booked my flight, I'd been saving points. Like I kind of in my mind know what I'm going to do. So I plan ahead. So I've been saving, like I've been using the same credit card because I was booking points. So when I booked my flight, I didn't, I honestly knew it was going to take me a long time. And I knew that there were going to be transfers and I was fine with it, but I've never had three transfers, two of which are international. Yeah. Cause I flew from Rochester to JFK, JFK to, um, Dubai. Ooh, Dubai. Super long flight super long flight. And then from Dubai to Nairobi. So I had two international transfers trying to navigate through airports. That was stressful for me. It was, and, um, I didn't want to be that person that got to their safari and didn't have their luggage. So like I checked and double checked and triple checked the weight of my luggage and the size of my luggage. I used a backpack. I went to, I don't freaking remember where I went to go find like a camping backpack. You'd have thought I was like hiking, hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, but that was the type of backpack I had. When you had originally said all I could take was my backpack and we were, I was like, all I kept thinking in my head was a book bag? Taking <laughs> She's a taking book? a Jansport? Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Like that's how you're going to travel for a week? No, in- I bought some name brand backpack that literally had everything I owned in it that I could take, but right. it had also be a certain weight. Yeah. For the and then when I got to Kenya, there were puddle jumpers because I went to three different locations around Kenya. So there you see different animals in different areas. And okay. when I put together my trip, the my guide was like, "Hey, like, what do you want to see? Like, here are the things you can see, and you can't see them all in the same space, right? What do you want to see?" So I picked out what I wanted to see, and he's like, "Okay, you're going to go to three different places." So I had to take little puddle jumpers 
which sometimes I was the only person in that seated like 10 people, but it was a private plane for me. But the weight of your luggage mattered. Yeah. So before I left, like I remember Gianna and I doing like dry runs, like I'd load everything in and I'd weigh me. And then I put the backpack on and weigh them both. And we'd be like, drum roll. Like, yes, we made it. Bring conditioner. No, <laughs> um, no flat iron for no. me. No, do flat iron in this curl. <laughs> Forget it. Um, but I got, I got more nervous as the trip went on. Yeah. I think because it was like, you're in a constant state of fight or flight for a few different reasons. Um, one, you really don't know where you are. Two, you're with strangers. Three, um, I have international calling on my phone, uh-huh. but I didn't, it's like one of those things where once you use it, then they'll start paying you for it. And I didn't want to have to use it. I wanted, I, I purposefully put myself in an uncomfortable situation yeah. to see how well I'd navigate it. So I kind of did it to myself, but I also knew that if I was in an emergency, I would use it, but there really wasn't people I could call. Right. Like if anything was wrong, like I just was blindly trusting everybody who was picking me up and transferring me from point A to point B, from point B to point C, that they were truly with my travel agency, taking me to where I needed to be. And then when I got there, I was blindly trusting that the next person that got there was going to take me to where I need to be. Like, it was like one thing after another. So you're like having this internal dialogue with yourself, like, they're not going to screw you, but keep your eyes open. So be aware. With all of that, and you look back, from just that experience, not the whole trip, but from that experience, what did you learn about yourself from being putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations? Um, any weaknesses or strengths? Where did you, like, all of a sudden you're like, man, I just killed it. Or you're like, yeah, I never want to do that again. Like, that's just not my... Um, the multiple transfer thing, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and so many people are like, why don't you fly to Ken- or Toronto? I go, why? They're like, well, then it's direct right to somewhere closer. I don't remember where they said, but there was a direct flight from Toronto. I don't think I did enough research on the flight part. Ah. So I think I learned from myself, like I'm a two transfer type of girl at (laughs) most. This is my limit. Yeah, I've got a threshold for pain. Um, I think I do well when I put myself in uncomfortable situations. Like I switch things up with my business. I am always pushing myself in that regard. Mm -hmm. I was gone for 10 days plus two travel days. So I was gone for 12 days and I am 12 days too long. (laughs) You were in Ireland. I was closer to you overseas than I would have been here for a little period of time. (laughs) 12 days too long. (laughs) No, Um, uh, I guess all I can say is that when I got home, I just cried for three hours. I think I kept my shit together for my entire trip. And I had moments of like, I'm crying underneath my sunglasses just because of all the emotion. Right. And then I'm going through that whole trust issue. And I already have trust issues to begin with, but you're going through all of that in a random country. And then you look to your left and there's like adorable little baby elephants. And it's like, get myself out of my own head and like, enjoy where you're at. So I think the safari actually balanced it because I found my safari trips like oddly meditative. (laughs) Well, that's perfectly leading into my next question. I mean, is this like, how was the trip for you personally? Like, did you discover things about um, where you needed to be? Did you think about things at home? Maybe you needed to change. Did you get some clarity on things that may have been bogging you down prior to this? Because it was 
you didn't have the everyday stress in your life every day. It was amazing. I've known about this. I've I've learned this about myself. I guess I should phrase it that way. I'm a slow processor. Um, I feel a lot. I'm empathetic. So I feel what everybody else feels. Um, But at the same time, I can't usually figure out what I feel until I have a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. Most of you know I'm divorced. So I, one might say, you have downtime every other weekend when you don't have your kids. What I learned from my safari is that's not enough time for me. Like not having my kids from Friday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, 48 hours isn't enough time for me to process. Um, so it was wonderful because I didn't have my Wi-Fi. I wasn't checking social media. I literally brought a few books and a journal. And when I had downtime, I either was thinking or journaling or reading. And I read two books and I didn't feel like I should be doing anything different. Like they have downtime between one and four or one and three, one and three. So after lunch, it's like, you can go do what you want. You can go take a hike with an armed guard or uh, with an armed guard, with an armed guard, or That's you can not just stressful. I mean, no, but I mean, it was super cool. It's like, hi, <laughs> like what you're holding. <laughs> um, I mean, you could journal. So, I learned a lot about myself because I think also during those safaris, so, and I, I asked them this question multiple times before I went, they typically assume you're going with a group of people mm-hmm. or at least one other person. Right. So I was they like, I don't think you're crazy. I was like, yo, by yourself. it's just me, right? right. <laughs> like, Hello. how many single women do you have on these trips? And he actually said, whether it's true or not, we get a bunch. And actually, while I was there, I ran into a few different single women going on this trip. Um, But what that meant for me is when I went on safari and there were at least two game drives a day that lasted anywhere from two to four hours, Mm -hmm. many times I was by myself. So I had a driver and then I had a spotter. So the driver drives, the spotter helps spot for animals. Um, But it was the two of them and then me. And I mean, how much small talk can you possibly have until it kind of got quiet? So I'm like watching zebras and elephants and, you know, all these different animals. And I'm just thinking, I mean, cause you're literally just driving and looking and it, you know, baby monkeys, it was, it was awesome. But when you're by yourself and you're not looking, or even when you are looking, your mind wanders. Um, so I, I did learn a lot about myself. I mean, the slow processing thing, I think I had an inclination of mm-hmm. for the past few years. I don't think I realized how much I haven't processed, like whether it was my divorce or my business or my or personal relationships or my parenting style. Um, or how much you miss your best friend. Of course. I mean, I, mean, I think I the did. highlight of my conversation was when I did get to Nairobi and I was eating dinner by myself and I had Wi-Fi there. Yep. So I was texting you and a few of the other girls. Yep. And I was sitting in Kenya and I was eating Chinese food. <laughs> and oh, yes, you, yes. you were where? You were in... No, that was when I was eating... That was, I was eating Italian in Ireland or something like that. I was like, like what is going on yeah. right now? Like, <laughs> I don't know what I should be eating, but I don't feel like it should be Chinese food. And right. I'm like, and you're eating Italian? Where? What are you doing? <laughs> I remember that. Yes. But I mean, it just, I just enjoyed it as I went. But I, I did, I think I, I wrote, I took a ton of notes. I was journaling like what I was doing, but also how I was feeling. And I think one of the things I've always known is I'm, this might come as a shock to a few of you a little bit of a control freak. <gasps> I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Are you kidding me? I, I, I know. It's that funny. just came from nowhere. I, know. I never saw that one coming. 
I might put a little spin on it and just say I'm anally organized, but whatever. <laughs> okay, so that I didn't see. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, I learned through all of the little hiccups and quirks. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, you can't plan everything in life. And as much as I tried to plan this trip, like I remember getting on a plane and I was like, um, the plane's supposed to be going in that, like east. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm slightly directionally challenged, but I'm almost positive you guys are going west. Right. Like, yeah, we're going away from where you need to go. I was like, is anybody going to tell me? Like, am I going to make my next flight? Like, do, 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 do. Like, it, you just, you can't control it all. Right. And sometimes you need to go with the flow. I unfortunately feel, and I'm curious if you felt this in Ireland, you might not have, but in Kenya, people are just more chill. Like, it's like, don't worry, like, don't worry about it. Like, it's, you're going to be fine. You're going to be great. Like, don't worry about yes. it. Yes. And I feel like in America, it's just, we are so fast paced. And I mean, even I met people from, I met people from Ireland. I met people from London. I met people from Finland. There were some people from Canada. I mean, like I met people from all over the place. Side note, most people don't like Americans, which right. I was like, they're like, oh, you're from America. You must love Trump. I'm like, not talking about it. Right. And Politics they would go, oh the country. my God. And they would go into it. And I just remember sitting back going, most people don't like Americans. Right. I'm like, but I'm my own person. Like, get to know me. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I just, I wish, and I remember feeling this in Italy too when I went. I remember feeling like, man, I love how just more mindful and slow and European, obviously it is. Mm-hmm. And then you come back here and no matter how hard you fight the status quo, your phone's binging, it's zinging, it's texting, you know, people are this, that, the other thing. I mean, you're, you're it's just, oh Yeah. Right. And I actually have realized since I've come back, my threshold for that shit is so low. Yeah. Like even loud noises, because I went for 10 days, speaking of loud noises, I went with 10 days without a phone ringing. No one, no one's screaming, no one yelling. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Wonderful. I had monkeys like playing around on the top of my tent. I could hear elephants drinking water at night. I mean, I'd look out my tent in the morning. There was like a giraffe just walking by. I mean, like it's unreal, but maybe I'm just getting older. Maybe this is the 40 thing, but like my threshold for loud noises and bullshit has gotten like so much smaller. And it, it made me just appreciate more of the calmness that you can have by literally removing myself from chaos and going over there. Right. So I'm fighting upstream, I think, to try and keep that now that I'm back in my like real life. It's funny because <clears throat> I don't, an African safari doesn't seem to be top on my list. I haven't said, yeah, I got to go on an African safari. It's your description of the trip is obviously unbelievable. And, but I do personally think to myself, I have got to get somewhere where I can let things release. Like, and I know more often than not, um, sorry guys, it seems more, you know, with women to mostly, I say mostly, but with moms, you know, um, and sometimes dads too, you get so caught up in your kids and you've got to support them and you, and entrepreneurs, now you got to run your business and you have to be successful and you have to make everybody happy and you have to be friends with everybody and smile, smile, smiles. And (laughs) as soon as you like sit down at night, you just, you crash, crash. You don't process, right? And you, and then you're sleeping because. Well, yes, yeah, thing. Well, and there, I think part of the issue is too is that by the time you try and process, you're not processing. You're just catching up on sleep. Yeah, I was caught up on sleep. I was well rested. Like, 
How many hours of sleep did you get? Like at night, like when you slept at night, about how many hours did you sleep? Um, eight hours. You got an eight. Look at you. I was getting have- eight hours of sleep every single night. <laughs> you couldn't take super long showers because you only got 20 gallons of hot water. So it was like, I'm shaving my legs in the sink. I'm showering once a day in the afternoon. I didn't give a crap about my hair. Um, I only brought three pairs of pants and three short sleeve shirts and two. Ta- <laughs> I mean, like I was rotating the same stuff. I had two pairs of shoes. Life was simple. Yeah. I didn't have all this, all these jewel- pieces of jewelry. I wasn't worried about my, I brought one pair of earrings. I, didn- I think I brought one ring. Um, my make, I didn't bring makeup. I brought mascara, cover up just in case I had zit and sunscreen. <laughs> wow. That was it. My face looked, my face never looked better when I got back. I was like, all right, I'm onto something. Yeah. Less is more. Less was more for me. Um, it just, I was out. And that's the other thing I learned. I don't spend enough outside. I'm my personality and, and my, um, the way I kind of re- get rejuvenated mm-hmm. is I have learned through being in nature. Never have I ever noticed that about myself. But I started to notice it when I was going through my divorce. And then when I was in Kenya, I mean, you obviously spend the entire time outside. Like, <laughs> guys, right. I'm not in a hotel. I was in a tent. Right, right. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Aww. Like, I just, I felt so, as much as I was fighting and flighting, I felt whole. Yeah. Was I missing everybody? Yes. Was I a little bit nervous about it? Yes. But that was an exercise in letting go. Like if my mom wanted to feed the kids donuts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, she could. What the hell was I going to do about it? Right. Right. Like I, you know, this is the afterthought because, um, you know, she didn't say that prior. (laughs) No, but I mean, you do think about that stuff before you leave. Like, you know, if this happens, but I mean, I basically was like, hi, don't call me. Like literally don't call me because I can't help from where I am and I'm not going to have internet service. And when I do get internet service, the last thing I'm going to want is you complaining about anything, whether it was my mom or my ex or the kids, like I'm out of Dodge. Right. Pretend I'm not here. Figure it out. You all are fully capable and everybody did phenomenally. Um, but it was an exercise in letting go, trusting where you were at, enjoying your surroundings. I met lots of awesome people. The weather was phenomenal and it was supposed to be like, I was, I've been tracking the weather in Kenya for like two months prior. And I was like, Oh my God, because they were in spring. Okay. Okay. So they have opposite seasons. So they had just gotten out of their cold and they were coming into spring. Oh. So, so what was the weather like? I mean, like- so it was actually literally the same as here. So I went fall here. It was like spring there. So it was 55 in the morning and 75 to 80 at night. Nice. It was awesome. So, I mean, it was great. So, um, Lucy, be quiet. I'm not sure if anybody out there watched uh, Holiday in the Wild. Oh my God. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's obviously a much smaller scale, but if you had experience, uh, I didn't have Rob Lowe. Right. <laughs> I must have missed him in my safari tent. <laughs> um, but the it, elephant fits exactly how it looks. Yeah. That's it. And when you came back, because it was funny, because I was watching that at the time, and I'm thinking, I wonder how close this is to reality. Hundred percent. Is that crazy? The the animals there, and I learned this about them. Um. So I was in you know, safari vehicles. And what I learned my first day there was you basically need to stay in the vehicle because no matter how close you get to lions and cougars and leopards and elephants, they don't see people. I don't know how they're trained or they've just been raised this way, but 
they don't see the people inside the vehicles. They only see this big metal box that makes noise and moves. Right, right, right. But once you step out, then they see you. Then you're the prey. Then either that or they're going to run away. So either they're going to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would get within 10 feet of lions and massive elephants. Like my, my pictures are phenomenal. My parents came over shortly after I got back and we, we did like a picture show. And yeah. My mom was like, I can't, like, and some of the pictures I was showing, like, my finger. And she's like, oh, I love your finger. And I was like, no, doing that to illustrate scale. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to think I'm super zooming this. Like, this is no zoom. Like, elephant's 10 feet away. I was that close. Massive elephant. Like, but they just, they're not, they're they're not in harm's way. They know that these vehicles, as long as everybody stays in the vehicle, and you can move around where you are, but as long as you stay in there, they're not threatened. That is interesting. It was awesome. I mean- some of these lions, like, going after things are just literally, like, breezing by your car. Like, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I awesome. love that video when you were, um, the father was teaching the kids or something, <laughs> the lions. Yes. That was so funny. Oh, yeah. my God. That's right. The kill. I yes. got to see two kills, which was awesome. We got to see um, Nature some lions. Best. It was awesome, though. Like, people paid millions of dollars to try and see this. I got to see two. We spooked some warthogs, and the lions went after the warthogs, and- caught them and enjoyed them and I mean I was like should I cover my eyes I was like don't cover your eyes like you're never (laughs) gonna see this again like the next time you see it it's gonna be on tv privacy (laughs) they don't care less right right and then the hyenas which are very ugly creatures although baby hyenas are very cute baby anything is very cute right (laughs) because there was lots of babies well yes because it was quote-unquote dropping season oh that's what it's called so it's dropping season I was like guys really oh my god we'll talk about relationships hold on that it was dropping season so all of the animals within like the past three to six months had had babies. So I had gotten to see babies of everything, baby giraffe, baby oh. gazelles, baby zebras. Did baby. you want to get out and just hug them? I wanted to. Oh. I wanted, I really kind of wanted to hug the baby hyenas. Oh. They were like the size of Lucy. They were so cute. Like yeah. every, the baby elephants. I want to touch them. Well, and that's why <laughs> Holiday in the Wild, I was like, oh my God, like, yes, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Like it, it made me like, and then the mute, I was like, oh man, okay, now I want to go back. Can Rablo go with me? Seriously, do you want to be my plus one? Right. I mean, I'm sure he and I can find stuff to talk about. So are you glad you went alone or do you wish you had shared it with somebody else? I'm glad I went alone because I think it's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I purposefully forced myself to do something that I, that ended up being a little bit uncomfortable. If I were to go again, I'd like to take someone. Yeah. But I think at my point in my life, turning 40, where I am with what I've gone through, I needed to process. And I didn't want to have to entertain. Right. Right. Because if it was my trip, I planned it. Whoever I brought, I would have to entertain. Yep. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have to take care of anybody. I didn't want to have to worry about anybody. I didn't want to have to make small talk with anybody. I mean, I kind of think I spoke like 100 words a day. (gasps) You just really didn't talk a lot. Do you I mean, I don't even know that, is that the thing? I, I mean, I, I think try, I've ever I, talked that little. It was very little. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't, we got to go to a, a local um, tribe. We went to the <gasps> village. Oh. And I got to meet the little kids there in the tribe. I do remember those pictures. Yes. And they love taking selfies. So I wasn't being like that weird touristy person who's right. taking pictures of these kids and posting on the internet. But they told us they love making selfies. Oh, taking selfies and sure. because they don't have technology there. I mean, their, their houses are made out of mud. Oh, like it was a tribal village. It was 
awesome. And I literally was crying because I was like, I can't believe I'm experiencing this right now. But I was just at the same time trying to soak it in. Like, don't get so wrapped up in your emotions. Like, enjoy this right now. Right. It was just awesome. Like some of the things that I got to do, I'm so grateful for. Um, if you could think, and I know you learned a lot, you do a lot of self-reflection. You did a lot of self-reflection down there. Um, what is the major thing you think you processed about your life? Any changes you thought you had to take it, make when you came back, what was like the one thing you're like, yeah, this is definite. This is definitely something that I figured out, whether it be, you know, somebody in your life that you wanted to keep there <laughs> or uh, <laughs> that was not a fishing pole reeling. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but um, was it a lot of little things or was it one big, or was there like, there one, were like three big things, three big things. What are the three big things? One is that I have realized that I may have trusted some of the wrong people in my life, mm -hmm. which makes me sad, but you don't know what you don't know until you're looking at it in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. um, and that mm, not to be a Debbie Downer about it, but maybe I need to be a little bit more guarded with who I trust. So focusing more on trust in that space. Two, that I can't control everything, right? Um, to go with the flow a little bit more. I've always been a believer that everything happens for a reason, but sometimes I think I get in my own way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think yoga and meditation and a lot of the stuff that I do, it's just like, you know, just let it go. Yep. Um, and then three, I think to be really mindful about who I have in my life. Because I absorb energy so much, I want to make sure I have the right people, right? Um, I, I can't be around people that complain a lot. I, I tend to be gravitated more towards optimistic individuals, not mm -hmm. necessarily fake optimism, but truly optimistic. And I can feel it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, it became very important to me that I have the right people in my close sphere. Um, along the lines of relationships, it was very interesting because come to find out there, men can have multiple wives. Really? Oh yes. You should have heard my conversation with the guys here. Oh boy. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm sure that went over well. Yes. Like a lead balloon. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Say what? Yeah. Um, one of the first guy who told me this, his name was Jackson. He was the first place I was at. And I was like, well, you know, you're sitting there eating lunch by yourself and he's bringing your lunch. So I was like making small talk while there's monkeys playing outside my tent. And I was like, Jackson, tell me about yourself. He's like, well, I'm married, blah, blah, blah. I want kids. I was like, that's awesome. How long have you been married? Now these guys literally will go work at the facilities for anywhere between six and eight weeks. And then they'll go home for two weeks. So they're gone for six to eight weeks. And then they go back to their lives for two weeks. Interesting. And I was like, well, that's probably how you keep your marriage alive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like there's something fascinating about that. <laughs> right. Um, but then he was like, yes, but I plan on having multiple wives. I was like, Say what? I'm sorry. Say what? And apparently they can have multiple wives in kind of like different villages. 
So like if they go to different spaces, they can have multiple wives. And I was like, awesome. So I don't know why she would do this, but does your wife have multiple husbands? <laughs> right. And he's like, no, I go, oh, Jackson, <laughs> you don't know me, but what you're trying to tell me is that you can have multiple wives, but your wife, so she'd be crazy, might want multiple husbands. She couldn't do that. He's like, no, I'm her only husband. I was like, what, what? in the world? Yes. This is allowed. That is, so, okay, when you say multiple wives, you're talking like on average, how many? They can have like two to three wives. Okay, so- No, most American men can barely maintain one. Exactly. So this is where I'm getting to. Like, I have no idea. Why? And I, I, I couldn't get, there is a little bit of a language barrier. I mean, they speak English, but they also speak their tribal language. Come to find out there's not one native language in Kenya. It's literally based on your tribe. So there's okay. different dialects. So- I think what I gathered was that you really get married to procreate and have kids. And the whole idea is when you, when a wife gets married, she leaves her tribe and goes to his tribe uh, and you have more kids and those kids become part of that tribe and you make your tribe bigger. That's the whole idea. Gotcha. Um, which then made me wonder if you brought your wife from her tribe to your tribe and then you went and got another wife from her tribe to your tribe, you have two wives in your tribes. Like, right. And I couldn't, we couldn't get that figured out language got wise. Got it, got it. Um, but get this too, because then I was like, okay, I did meet another guy, I forget his name, but he, he actually only wants to have one wife. I was like, aren't you a noble man? <laughs> um, wow, I suddenly like you. I was like, uh, yeah, right. And um, he just had a baby, he had his first son, he's showing me pictures. Everybody has a freaking cell phone. What? Everybody. Whether you are the poorest of the poor or the richest of the rich, everybody has a cell phone. And come to find out, they use WhatsApp, which is free. Which is what I use to communicate with my daughter in Dublin. See, so that's free. Mm -hmm. And then they pay per minute for phone calls. And they're like, we mostly just use WhatsApp. They don't talk on no. the phone at all. No, of but course. these guys are away from their wives for six to eight weeks. So they're using WhatsApp and sending pictures that way. Um, but come to find out, I was like, dude, you got married really young. Cause he was like in his early twenties. And I was like, you know, how'd she know, how'd you know she was the one? And, and he's like, I just knew like, they don't spend a lot of time courting. Like I learned that for some of the tribes, you pick your spouse based on how high they can jump. Period. Period. End point. Like that's it. Male and female do that? Nope. The women pick the men based on how high they jump. And it's called a jumping ceremony. So you'll, you'll line them all up and you let them jump. And theoretically, the higher you jump, the better protector and provider you're going to be. Really? Could you huh. imagine if we just lined up a bunch of men and we're like, jump and pick one forever? Who listens to me? Jump. <laughs> An American, they'd be like, I'm not fucking jumping. <laughs> right. What do you mean? You can't tell me what to do, woman. <laughs> the one that said how high, you're it. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> And you're the winner. This will be a forever, forever relationship. And you can only have one of them. And you know who's in control. Because <laughs> I just told you to jump. That's actually really funny. Um, but no, he only wants to have one wife. But come to find out, I had said, I go, what happens if you die? If, she, if you die, she can remarry, right? And he goes, no. I go, one I'm sorry. ever. That's it. She is forever betrothed to him. I go, well, what happens if it's like, not, not to be doom and gloom, but like, if it's in a year, like right. she's 24 years old, like she's forever going to be, he's like, no, even if they, if something happens to him and they haven't had children yet, she cannot, she, my understanding is kids are no kids. 
You cannot. Once she's his, she's his forever. Forever, whether he's alive or dead. But he can go do what he wants wherever he wants. Huh. I was like, I think that I'm not Kenyan. Right. I don't know how I'd do. That would not go over well with you. No. Or me. Or anybody that has, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just different. I mean, I was, in, I was intrigued by the jumping thing. That is so basic, so simple. Yeah. Like we're like, oh my God, how tall is he? And what does he make? And what does he do? Is he going to be a good dad? Is he going to be a bad dad? Like, you know, like what family <laughs> does it come from? Does it, like you have a checklist. Dude, you're like, um, I'm sorry. This is an interview. Right. This is not a date. No, exactly. You better answer these. Are like, you snacking? This isn't going to work. <laughs> nine out of 10. Correct. Yes. Or you're not making the cut. <laughs> nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, baby. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine, fine. I'm not going to give them that one. But, but I mean, and then you're in it forever. They don't believe in divorce. They were all like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. But how like, simple. It I mean, is simple. How simple. But I think it's simple when their life is simple. Right. If we tried to do that here. No way. It wouldn't work. No. But if you think about it, like, um, I don't know, like my grandparents, they were married at 16. My grandmother was married and children 16, 17 years old. And that was it. Yeah. They he passed away and, um, you know, a few years ago, but that was it. Yeah. No other husband, no other no. nothing that, and whether they were happy or not, that was happening. <laughs> and that was going to stay happening for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So I think it's like, um, I don't think they look at it as happiness though. No, this is, this is in some way of life. It's a, it's a contract in some mm. regards, like eh, this is just how it goes. Um, it was very interesting. Well, it sounds like quite the educational uh, trip. It was. Um, one last question. Yes. Do you oh, think no. you'll go again? I don't know if I'll go again. I go back and forth. Yeah. At first I thought, nah, I kind of did that. But then I watched Holiday in the Wild and I was like, okay, I'd, rather, I'd love to go <laughs> back and spend time with just like one set of animals like one group of animals or, you know, something like I went to go see the rhinos and got to feed an old rhino and it was just, well, he wasn't really that old, but a rhino. Um, like I would love to pick a few animals and just like spend time there. Um, but what I did realize is that I think there is a lot that you learn about yourself traveling internationally. And I would love to try and get my kids to start doing that sooner. I think American children, or I should just talk about mine in general. They live in a small little box mm -hmm. in suburbia land, and they think everybody acts and looks and is the same. And that is not true because when I went on my safari, not only because of this, but there were some kids on the safari and these kids, you just seeing different cultures and the way people, it opens up your mind to different things. It makes you think differently about things. It makes you realize that what you have, you sometimes take for granted, or there are other ways that other cultures do it. And I was like, coming out of that trip, I was like, okay, I need to start traveling internationally with my kids. Like I need to figure out a way to make this happen because I think it's only going to make them better people if they can get outside this little box that they live in. As Americanized as Dublin is, my daughter had the same, she's coming home with like the same mentality. Um, her friend had a experience where they had to go to the hospital, something as simple as the hospital. And you, we take for granted that we can just go to the hospital and there's no issues or whatever. Right. And she went to the hospital and they sat in a waiting room with an inflamed appendix this poor girl had in constant pain for 11 and a half hours. 
And when Kayla was complaining to somebody from Ireland about it, they said, oh, you're lucky you didn't wait for days. 11 and a half hours is good. Yikes. So she said, go uh, American healthcare. She's <laughs> like, I can't wait to go home. Right. Well, it sounds like your trip was amazing and it was right at the right time, exactly what you needed. It was what I needed. You look amazing. Well, thanks. because I didn't wear makeup for 12 well, days. Yeah. And that's like the problem solver right there, folks. 100%. If you need to learn anything, take the makeup off. Seriously. <laughs> go stand outside. Go stand outside in the sun. Well, this has been awesome. Yes. What a great conversation. Thank you for uh, chatting with me about it. Yes. Thanks for sharing your experience. I'm sure everybody appreciates it. And um, I'm sure the African Safari Company is thanking you because your promotions are probably a bunch of single women out there now. I was going to say, their trip. ladies, hit me up if you want to know the company I went with. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I hope everybody has a great end to their week. And uh, we appreciate you chatting with us and listening to us chat with you for these last two episodes. Um, you guys know how to get a hold of me on Instagram. You can get a hold of Jen on Instagram too. What's your Instagram name? Do you remember? Oh, geez. At Jen underscore C, I think it is. I don't I'll Look. tag her in this yeah. post. <laughs> I'm terrible. And if you need media. a bookkeeper, go after her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great end to your week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love ya.